Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Good morning, church. My name is uh, Eddie Garcia, and I uh, serve on a host team, and I am also a student at the Lighthouse Leadership College, and that is why I've been given the privilege of of speaking to you today. So I will be speaking out of uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, verses 16 through 18, and it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, My message today is uh, titled, Why Not Always? Why Not Always? Um, Paul is the writer of the book of uh, Thessalonians, and uh, one of the reasons why he wrote a letter to the church was because he couldn't travel uh, to the church because he was currently being persecuted. And even though he was being persecuted, he still wrote a letter of encouragement to them. And um, when, when I was a kid, um, I used to have a couple of aunts who would for everything say either thank you, Jesus, thank you, God, or thank the Lord. I mean, for every situation, that's what they would say. Um, we would travel from Northern California, and we would arrive in L.A., and it was understandable when they would say, oh, thank God you guys made it safely. But it didn't stop there. My aunts would say these things for everything. One of them would say, oh, I'm going to make some coffee. And another one would say, thank you, Jesus. And then, and then they were like, oh, but is there milk? Yes, there is. Thank God. But is there sugar? Yes. Oh, thank the Lord. You know, it was for like every situation. And I remember I used to think, man, you got to say it for everything? You know, we were having a party. Did you bring the ice? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I was like, What? I once heard one of my aunts say, oh, on my way here, I got a flat tire. Thank you, Jesus. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, for a flat tire. I used to think, my aunts are ridiculous, you know. For everything, they would say that. And, you know, some years later, um, I was working in a transmission shop in Oceanside, and uh, I was installing a transmission. And I was having a little bit of a hard time, so one of my coworkers came over to give me a hand. And, you know, he starts, you know, tugging on that thing. And I remember, wham, my finger got smashed. And, I, and I, I remember hearing horror stories of mechanics losing their fingers. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. When I peeled my glove off, I saw my finger, and I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and my coworker looks at me and goes, what, what did you say? I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. They was like, bro, I just smashed your finger. And you're saying, thank you, Jesus? And I was like, well, yeah, because I thought my finger was gone. It's still there. It's just smashed. You know, it was, it was at that moment when I realized, man, I am becoming just like my aunts. And that's not a bad thing, you know, becoming like my aunts. But I, I, I remember when I came to that revelation, I was like, oh, man. Like, um, when you study the life of Paul, uh, you find that uh, Paul wrote, the last couple of books when he was in prison in shackles. 
And even, and even in those circumstances, he still rejoiced in the Lord. And um, I, uh, few, uh, um, a, a little bit of tragedy struck our family. And I still remember um, one of my aunts had to speak at my cousin's funeral. And that's when I realized that, man, my aunts don't just say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, just to say it. They actually, that was their lifestyle. I remember my aunt, when she spoke, she thanked God for everybody who was there. She thanked God for the opportunity that she had with her son. And I remember thinking, man, like that is, that is amazing. You know, it took me a while to figure out that my aunts weren't grateful for the situations they were in. They were grateful despite the situation that they were in. Just, just like Paul was able to rise above his circumstance, my aunts were also able to rise above their circumstance. And I just want to let you guys know that gratitude is contagious. When I was a kid, I would hear my aunt say it all the time. And I used to think, man, for everything? And then when I grew up and, and I found myself saying these things as well, I was like, oh, my goodness. Gratitude is contagious. When you have a posture of gratitude, it's contagious. And everybody around you also has that posture of gratitude. And I just want to let you guys know today that um, no matter what circumstance you're in, why not always be grateful? Why not always pray continuously? Why not always be have the posture of gratitude? Because you'll never know if you're going to inspire a nephew. You'll never know if you're going to inspire a co-worker. You'll never know if you're going to inspire one of your fellow Christians. And today I want to encourage you guys um, to have that posture, to have the posture of gratitude because, you know, you, you could be inspiring the next speaker who's going to be uh, coming up here. So thank you guys. God bless you. Good morning, Lighthouse. Um, before I, I begin, I would love to first thank my pastors for this opportunity. Um, this has definitely been a dream of mine. It definitely snuck up on me, but I'm happy to be here and I'm ready to do this. <laughs> um, and I would also like to thank my family members and friends from the church that encouraged me and supported me through the creation of my message. Um, and with that being said, I'd like to begin in John 16:33 and it reads I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world and the topic for my message this morning is when you do it your way um, I want to share a story of when my husband and I were getting ready to become first-time parents um, you know it's an exciting time and the nurses or the doctors, they tell you, okay, well, make sure you make a birth plan so that when you do have your baby, you can have your list and things can, the things can go as planned. Um, so, you know, I went home, I downloaded like the five apps that there is about like having a baby and I made my cute little um, birth plans. Um, and let me tell you, when the day came, it did not go as planned at all. We checked off nothing <laughs> off of our list. Um, so I went into labor 
And I ended up being rushed to the hospital by my husband in his tiny truck, tiny but not so tiny. It was little, but it was lifted like six inches. It was small. I was like contracting through the whole way. It was a horrible ride. <laughs> um, but thankfully, once we arrived safely, um, I was put on meds and everything seemed to um, be good because I was in no pain. And um, I was able to get some rest. And right when I was going to enter a deep sleep, I'm pretty sure, um, the nurses came and woke me up and they told me, hey, we're going to have to um, rush you into, into the OR. Um, your baby's heart rate is dropping very fast and you're gonna need an emergency C-section. Um, and in that moment, you know, Sam and I, we didn't have time to like discuss anything. We didn't have time to like do anything. All I remember is being rolled into the OR, just crying because I was terrified. Um, and thankfully after we um, had Emery, she was unfortunately taken away from us and rushed to Rady Children's Hospital. And my husband and I had to stay in the hospital due to my surgery um, and I was able to walk and the net by the next morning I was discharged and we drove straight to Rady Children's Hospital um, and I remember walking into Emery's hospital room and my heart just shattered completely I, I and I remember I couldn't even cry because of my incision um, it was just so painful and I couldn't like express myself because I looked at her little bed and all I saw was her just covered in tubes and her nose and her mouth. Um, she had things all over her body. And, you know, as a mom, it's scary. You don't know what's going to happen. And a couple hours later, we had the doctors come in and they told us, we don't know what's wrong with your baby. Um, we just know that her oxygen levels are very low, um, but we don't know what's causing that. And I remember I became very angry inside and I would run conversations through my mind of like how I was going to go off on the doctors and tell them just do whatever you can to like fix my daughter so we can take her home. Um, and we went days like this. I was just upset. I was broken hearted. I was angry. Um, and I'm sure like everyone, when something goes wrong, your first question is why God, why me? Um, and that's what I was saying to myself. Um, and it wasn't until my husband began to play worship music on our way to the hospital every single morning. Um, and we would get there and we would lay our hands over our daughter in the hospital and we would just declare healing over her body. And, um, you know, we started speaking to each other and just saying, okay, we're going to bring her home soon. She's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. She's going to be healthy. Um, and see, when we make plans that don't involve the Lord, we've pretty much set ourselves up for failure because we set these expectations and we, we expect for it to be perfect once we do it. Um, it doesn't matter how great you've set it up to be. It doesn't matter how pretty you make it like I did. Um, what the Lord allows to happen in that situation will always be for a reason, and that's what we need to understand. It could be growth needing to take place. It could be a revelation. It could be your faith being tested. It could be a million different reasons, and only the Lord knows why. But as, as followers of Christ, all we need is to have trust in the Lord that he will take our pain away and that he will give us the power to overcome our our circumstances and 
in mine and Sam's situation, you know, every morning we would walk in and it seemed like things would just get worse. It was like every day something in her body would digress and um, we were brokenhearted. We just, we didn't want to lose hope, but at the same time it was like we're putting in all this work and we're not seeing a shift. Um, and the thing is, we seem to forget that it has to be God's way, not our way. We can have all these expectations. We can have these hopes. But at the end of the day, what God wants to happen is going to happen. And in Luke one thirty seven says, for no word from God will ever fail. And when the Lord says that it is done, it is done. The battle that you are facing in this moment um, the Lord has already won, and he's already given us victory. And it also says in Romans 8, 37, 39, In all things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And one point that I'd like to get across is that we find joy in the Lord. And, in, and it, through that joy, we find this power. And this was said by my Uncle Joe. <laughs> um, we find this power through this joy that the Lord gives us to... Um, this power of prayer, this power of healing where we can declare that chains will be broken, where we can declare that there will be healing over sicknesses that we may be battling. And my husband and I, we, were, we understood that we needed to open up our hearts for God to take over this situation that it was out of our control, to bring healing to our daughter's body. And I want to encourage everyone here to do the same Allow God to give you that power to overcome your struggles today. In the moments, it's the moments of complete surrender and complete vulnerability where we allow God to do the supernatural in our lives, to do that supernatural thing in what we're struggling with. And as I close up the, um, my message, I want to leave you with this. The Lord himself tells us that we will have struggles. Um, and it's up to us to hold on to his truth and hold on to that power that he allows for us to have to overcome our battles. Thank you, Lighthouse. Good morning, Lighthouse. How's everyone doing today? Still recovering from our uh, food comas, I'm thinking, from Thanksgiving. I'm just glad you guys all made it out here. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Sam. Uh, yes, another Sam at Lighthouse. Um, and alongside me, I have my beautiful wife, Daisy, right here, who decided she didn't want to just lead worship, but she, ought to, she brought the word. So give it up to her for that. We also have our two beautiful daughters, Emery and Haven. And uh, they bring us a lot of joy, but at the moment, they're not bringing us a lot of sleep. So if you'll pray for us. <laughs> Um, and to get started, I'm going to go right into a little bit of my testimony, and then I'll kind of jump right into the word. So like I said, I uh, just turned, or I didn't say, but I just turned 23 uh, this past Tuesday. And uh, thank you. It's my uh, Michael Jordan year, so if you want to play basketball, hit me up. Um, and through those 23 years of life, I can honestly say 
I've only known Christ for about three. Um, the reason I can say that is because before I met this beautiful lady right here, I didn't have a great relationship with Christ. Um, it was mostly me praying at night and praying before sports, but other than that, I didn't really, I didn't really have that much of an intimate relationship with Christ. So, um, you know, I never heard of the devotionals. I never really read the Bible. I didn't hear Christian songs, all that good stuff. Um, but once uh, we started dating, Daisy kind of introduced me to what it was like or showed me what it was like to embody a Christ-centered life. And uh, she brought, you know, the, the couple's devotionals. And uh, she played worship music for me, of course, because she's the worship leader. Uh, we would go to church on Sundays together. And then, you know, fast forward a few years, we're at Lighthouse in a coffee shop. We're not even at Lighthouse yet, but at a coffee shop for our first meeting um, about to start an insane journey. Um, fast forward two more years, and I decided to dedicate my life to Christ and uh, get baptized. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it wasn't until then, honestly, church, that uh, God started to just shift my mindset, started to show me what life was really about and showed me the blessings that he had already poured over my life. Um, and hopefully, uh, through my, my sermon that I prepared for us today, I can uh, kind of show you a little bit of that. So if you want to jump with me to uh, scripture that we'll be reading today, it's 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, and I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. It reads as follows. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So right there, if you're taking notes today, you can go ahead and write today's title that I, uh, I titled, My Mind is a Battlefield. So uh, in preparation for today's uh, sermon, I did quite a bit of research. I'm not sure about you guys, but in my own journey, I found that science and faith actually can coexist, and they're much needed. Um, so through that research that I did, I've actually found that it's pretty crazy, um, an overwhelming amount of today's issues that we're facing have a big correlation to the mindset in which we're carrying while we face them. So whether it's addiction, eating disorders, fear of failure, marriage issues, parenting issues, career issues, the list can go on and on and on. Each one of these issues has a direct correlation to what mindset we're carrying. So how do we get past this mindset? How do we overcome these issues? Go ahead and write down, live your truth and not your lie. You see, church, some of us decide in our life that we're going to live a lie. It might be unknowing, but we decide to do that. What, the, what does that look like? What is, it, what, is, uh, what is living a lie? I'm going to go ahead and make a list. You guys tell me if this sounds familiar to any of you. How many of us have ever said, I'm not good enough? How many of us have ever doubted our marriage? Maybe we've had one too many arguments and we're just not sure if we're going to make it. How many of us have ever looked at social media or an influencer and we decide, that's what I want with my life. I need more out of my life. How many of us have ever taken advice or listened to someone else? And we know deep down inside that person does not have our same values. They don't have the same goals in life. And more importantly, they don't have the same foundation in life. 
If you've said yes to any of those, uh, it's actually got, I got some good news for you. You're human. Um, we've all done it. We've all been there. But the more important thing is we're going to get through it. And uh, even one step further, the more important news is you're simply listening to the wrong spirit. See, if we go back to 1 John uh, 4.3 real quick, it says, But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Those thoughts that I listed off a moment ago, who thinks that that was Jesus talking to you? The answer is simple, it wasn't. You see, you're telling yourself you're not good enough, and God is saying you're more than enough. You're telling yourself that your marriage is going to fail, but Jesus is saying, I'll restore your marriage. Just put me in the center. You see, you're telling yourself that, that you want more out of life, but God is here telling you, look at the blessings I've already put in your life. You might be listening to someone that doesn't have the same foundation as you, but God is here saying, you know, the reason you're lost, the reason you're going in circles is because you're looking at the wrong map. Right here, I've given you all the answers. Church, I'm here to tell you that God is with you in every single encounter that you face, every issue that comes about your life. We need to stop listening to what the world is feeding us and start opening our hearts to what the truth is, and that's that Jesus died for our sins. You see, or sorry, as I come to a close, church, I have one question for you. What is the lie that you're living? For me personally, if I'm being uh, a little bit transparent, it's that I'm not enough. You know, as a parent, as a father, I'm not enough. As a husband, I'm not enough. As an employee in my career, I'm not enough. The list goes on and on, like I said before. But why, why did I get baptized in the first place? This is what reminds me of, of why it's worth it in the first place. Because I know my truth. My truth is Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you, church, if you have not decided to know your truth, I encourage you to, to next week take that step. You have the opportunity. If you've been feeling that tug on your heart, if you've been feeling like, I need to make a change in my life, that's the truth just knocking on the door. It's up to you to open that truth, and it's up to you to, to decide, I want to live my truth and not my lie. Thank you, church, and God bless. How are you guys doing? All right. Well, before I get started, I just want to quickly take the time to thank our pastors for allowing us this wonderful opportunity. I don't think I've ever could have pictured myself here like a year ago. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get into the reading of the scripture. So if you want to join me, I'm going to be reading out of Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. And it reads as follows. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child, laid him on her lap, and became his nurse. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. The name, they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. For the next couple of minutes, I want to be touching on this topic I've titled, Born to Overcome. And to be a little bit vulnerable with you guys, um, when I was 12, I had my very first anxiety attack. And I spiraled into this state of fear and panic. And it was so horrible. I thought I was dying. I was hyperventilating. 
and I laugh about it now, but it was very scary at the time. And I ended up going to the emergency room that night because I literally did not know what was wrong with me. I thought either I was crazy or I was dying. It was one of the two. And um, after this experience, it had always been something that I battled with, this fear of the nighttime or fear of something's wrong with me, fear of whatever it is you could possibly think of, I probably was scared of it. And it became a lifestyle for me. And over time, I didn't realize that it had pushed me into this place of complete bitterness, unhappiness, um, no joy, and most of all, desperation. I was so desperate for some kind of change in my life. And so to paint the picture of the story I just read to you guys, um, there's a terrible famine in Bethlehem. And Naomi and her family decide to leave Bethlehem and they go to a place called Moab and um, they're escaping the famine. And upon their arrival, Naomi loses her entire family. First, her husband passes. Then, her two sons pass. And then she's left with just two daughter-in-laws that the sons had married in Moab. So Naomi says, you know what? I need to go back to Bethlehem. There's nothing here for me anymore. And Ruth, her daughter-in-law, decides to join her, one of her daughter-in-laws. And as she returns, Naomi tells the people, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt with me very bitterly. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? And I want to point out something pretty significant in the scripture. Naomi is telling people of her land to not call her by her name. Her name is Naomi. In Hebrew, it means pleasantness. She's telling them, call me Mara, which means bitterness. And in that moment, it clicked for me that all these years that I had let this feeling and this fear take over and consume me, I was letting it define me and who I was. And so in that same way that I had allowed circumstances to ident uh, define my identity, Naomi is here telling her people, don't call me pleasantness, call me bitter, because that's who I am now. And I wonder if we ever have situations that put us in this place of where we just change our identity because we lose who we are. Um, I want to leave you with this first point. Don't allow your circumstance to dictate your identity. God has called each and every one of us, specifically you, 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 specifically sons and daughters of the Most High. And it is through him that we find our identity. You can, you can find that all in the Bible. It's so beautiful. He gives it to us. He tells us who we are. And so... Moving on with the story, we find out that Ruth is later redeemed by a man named Boaz. So Boaz was the family redeemer. And what this meant is in cultural Israel practice, um, if a man died, then it was the family redeemer's job to come in and um, take up the land of that family, marry the widow, and protect that family. So Boaz comes in, redeems Naomi's family through marrying Ruth. And what we see is that the town, the women of the town in Bethlehem tell Naomi, the sun shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. And I'm here to tell you that in the same way that this sun has restored and nourished Naomi's old age, Jesus does that for us daily. Um, and that's just a beautiful parallel to show you that we have a Savior that comes in and just knows what we need, exactly what we need. I want to leave you with the second point. God knows what you need, and he will give you the grace and power to overcome. In my times of utmost 
desperation and just needing God. Like, please, God, I just don't want to feel this way. Just take it away, please. I was so desperate. And I'm like, God, where are you? Where are you? Please, please, please. I, I can't even describe to you how desperate this feeling consumes me. And all this time, I had never realized that God is just there. He's there, and he's knocking at your door, and he's just waiting for you to let him come in and say, God, just take over, take over. And Romans 8.28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for, the, for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So I just want to tell you that even when it seems like maybe God is not working in your life, he is, and he's working it all for your good, and that's so beautiful. And so I'm going to start closing now, but I want to leave you with this thought. Naomi knew it was time to leave Moab and return to Bethlehem. And there was nothing left in Moab for her besides grief, pain, loss, bitterness. And so she decides to go back to Bethlehem, to the promised land. And I want to encourage you to reevaluate your circumstances. Is there something that you need to leave behind? Is there something, is there a Moab keeping you in a state of fear, panic, anxiety, depression, addiction, feelings of you're not good enough? Well, it's time to leave Boab. Bo um, Boaz. Moab. Um, I was 13 when I decided to leave my Moab. And leaving Moab for me meant stepping into my true identity that is given to me by Christ. And I want to be honest with you. This is a daily choice that I have to make every day to take up my cross and leave Moab. It's not a one-and-done deal where I just stop struggling because... God did tell us we will have troubles in this world. But what? Take heart because he has overcome yeah. the world. And so I want to encourage you to just reevaluate your circumstances. Is there, again, a mo something you need to leave behind in Moab and go back into the promises that God has given you in your life? And um, I just pray that this message would just touch your heart and um, allow you to accept the power and the grace that God gives us to overcome whatever it is that you're battling with, whatever it is, uh, an obstacle that it is that you need to overcome. And with that being said, I want to thank you all for your attentiveness. And at this time, we're going to receive Pastor Josh to close us out. Come on, let's clap, let's clap our hands. Let's stand to our feet. Let's give them a great big round of applause for sharing what God has put in their heart. You know, we did something at the end of our first service that I want to do right now, the worship team is going to come up here. I'm going to ask the four of them, or maybe the three of them, depending, uh, to come on down to this altar. And um, we, we closed off our service today with just an opportunity for them to pray with people. I think that if you take a step back and look at your own situation, you're going to identify with some of the things they said. Uh, maybe it's what Eddie talked about and you're just not finding reasons to be grateful in your life and so you want to come and say God help me to live a lifestyle of gratitude and, and Eddie will Eddie will, will pray with you or maybe something that Sam said really resonates with you about your mind being a battlefield and, and, and you want Sam to pray for you so that you can get some of those toxic thoughts out of your head come up and have Sam pray for you or perhaps it's like what Mel was talking about just a minute ago where you got a Moab in your life there's there's some stuff in your life that you've allowed yourself to live in that God never called you to live in and you've got to get out of that situation and so Mel would love to pray for you so I'm just going to transition this now over into a time of ministry but again if you're if you're feeling like man 
what they talked about, that's me. That's my reality. And I want to be freed from that. I'm going to lead us in prayer and run up here. Have them pray for you. Uh, just believe that God's going to use them to just make an agreement with what God wants to do in your life. And we're going to experience healing right now. We're going to experience wholeness right now. We're going to see God do some incredible things right now. Are you believing that, Lighthouse Church? Are you believing that God wants to do that right now? Come on. So as we go into worship, come on down here if you want prayer. If you just want to worship where you're at. You can go ahead and just worship where you're at, but we're going to close out our service together with just a time of worship, a time of ministry, and allow God to do what he wants to do in this tent right now. Come on, let's just sing together. Come on, throw those hands up if you're able to and sing. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others. Or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.